Welcome to the Investing with IBD podcast sponsored by Vantage Point. It's Justin Nielsen, your host, and along with me, as he is every week, is Arusha Pires, O'Neill Global Advisors Portfolio Manager. We've got a brand new year for you. It's January 5th, 2022. Hope you all had a happy new year. And to start out our new, new year, we're going to go ahead and introduce our guest today. It's Jeff Hirsch, who you might know from the Stock Traders Almanac, uh, one of those things that most investors uh, like to have handy as they check out the stats. So welcome back to the show, Jeff. It's so good to have you on today. Great to be with you guys. Happy New Year, guys. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year to you. So speaking of Happy New Year's, one of the things we're going to talk about is, uh, of course, the January barometer, the trifecta, all of these different indicators that Jeff looks at. Um, not only are we going to talk about those indicators, but really kind of put it all together and how you use some of this information that's, you know, this Stock Traders Almanac is just chock full of data. Uh, and then we're going to get a couple stocks from, from Jeff as well. So let's get right into it and start with the market. Uh, today's action on Wednesday here, uh, January 5th, was, was not great. Uh, a lot of the indexes were down. Um, the NASDAQ probably the hardest hit. Uh, we're going to be going to uptrend under pressure. That's not something we usually announce, uh, uh, but since this is going to be dropping tomorrow, you guys get mm -hmm. the, the sneak preview there. Um, so Jeff, what is your take on the market as it stands? Well, I mean, the, today's sell-off is is concerning, but, you know, Santa Claus rally came in. This is, you know, Yale Hirsch invented that back in 1972. It was in the 73 Almanac. We had uh, a positive return for the, the last five days of the year and the first of the new year. That's, you know, uh, first positive. When all three are, are, you know, positive with the first five days and the Santa Claus rally, the full-month barometer, the, the results are great, but, you know, we'll get into that in a bit, but looking tactically here. Yeah. We had a big sell-off today. I'm seeing some support, uh, you know, that hasn't been broken yet. Um, at those, those two lows there. My concern is that August high that you got there in the composite, uh, the 15403 number you're looking at that that's become sort of a support area for me. And we've been dancing through that. So that's some trouble. We are looking at a potential W one, two, three, bottom here it's 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 if it blows through that um lower part that's an issue for me but uh we got some volatility for them from the fed minutes today there's a chart that you know season one we showed you guys uh for the typical january it's ranked fifth for the dow and the s p now still number one for nasdaq but um we've seen a lot of uh, uh churning uh at the beginning of the year and that's why we built that january indicator trifecta which we created Kind of about seven or eight years ago in the Almanac uh, Investor Newsletter with combining the three early year indicators, Santa Claus Rally, first five days in January barometer. And when all three are positive, it's a 90%, 90.3% 90 uh, uh, you know, times of the 20 out of 31 times, 90.3% that um, the year's up about uh, average 17.5% for the S&P. But when any one of those three indicators are down, it's concerning. So if the market can't reclaim this turf um, this ground by uh, uh, Friday's close, which would be the first five days, um, I'm going to get more concerned. I'm going to temper my outlook a bit, which is already tempered because it's a midterm year. Mm -hmm. And Jeff, uh, last, last year, year, yeah, and, and la last year we hit all three, right? And we right. had a, a good year. And yeah, so, so once again, no, no, we, January, I think, uh, or did we barely miss it? We, we didn't get them. Oh, I, maybe we, we, we had it, right? we had two out of three. Oh, we had two out of three because we barely missed 
at the very last day, I think, or something. Was that it? Same thing happened in 2022. COVID related both times. Okay. Okay. So we did barely miss it, but that being, you know, you know, it's interesting with the, the barely, well, I'm just looking at the January barometer part, um, even like for the, the last few times where, or the last, yeah, the last uh, two or three times or the last two times it, it actually, the market actually did finish positive still. It has been a pretty strong five, five years. So even, even those last couple of times that it had it, the, the barely essentially flat in 2020, and then in 2016, it was down 5.1%. The, the market uh, finished up. Uh, but that before that, you know, you, you had a little bit more. But um, it's more the positive, right, versus the, the negative and all three. Yeah. So as I said, really crucial for the market to uh, finish the week positive, um, you know, for the right. year, be year-to-date positive for, for the trifecta to be in play. Otherwise... I'm going to get concerned if January barometer c- comes in, you know, positive for the full month and we recover and the, the, the fed minutes, you know, that they're actually selling assets and not just reducing their buying, which is, and, and that they're not hiking so fast becomes just a, um, you know, a reaction and a, and a fear uh, on this one day, then, then great. But, you know, this year's on notice already. I mean, if you, if you looked at my, um, my forecast, I laid out uh, um, a bunch of different, uh, um, concerns that we have, you know, namely the midterm year itself, battleground mm-hmm. for um, the parties. Usually, the the as there's a page in the almanac backdoor, like in the, in the hundreds there about the losing seats. It's, it's they've been everyone's been talking about that recently. It's it's a thing um, that you know the incumbent party, the incumbent president's party and margins there and the low approval ratings and the Afghanistan, uh, you know, uh, withdrawal debacle and the failure to get the build back better thing through uh, amongst other things, causing the president's approval rating to be, to be down. It's really, you know, fueling uh, um, the opposition. And when you have the parties battle like that in a midterm year, you tend to see that weak spot of the Q, uh, Q2, Q3 of the midterm year really have an issue. And if you, you want to pull up that chart that, that you have in mind of the uh, midterm election year seasonal pattern, you can see that yeah, you, on there. You, you can see this, right? You can see the, you know, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's, there, there it is. You can see that weak period. And the black line is all years, which is still flat. Um, not as 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 uh, vertical or 45 degrees as most of the other times of the year. This is the best six months, worst six months, May to October being the worst six months. Another Yale Hirsch creation invention uh, from the Almanac. But this this weak spot, you know, is where we get that tendency for midterm bottoms. So often down there in October, where you see that dip at the end of October. Um, this is why we call the midterm year the bottom picker's paradise because it's yeah. you had this weak spot here the, the middle of the year the, the two quarters then you get the sweet spot of the four-year cycle which is q4 of the midterm year through um q2 of the pre-election year and even through the whole pre-election year which is the year the third year of the cycle still the best year of the four-year cycle where the incumbents prime in the pump to uh make the the uh the country and, and the, the the citizens happy when they go to the voting booths mm-hmm. and you see an average of about a 48 percent gain on the dow from the midterm low whenever it occurs to the pre-election year high and um a 70 percent average gain on nasdaq from wow. that midterm low to the pre-election yeah. <laughs> yeah. bottom picker's paradise indeed 
<laughs> yeah. Um, it's, I mean, NASDAQ's done some amazing things there. But, uh, you know, this is a year we've been – and there's also reversion of the mean. I mean, we, we, we put out some some posts on that uh, a little while back that these, these types of gains that we've seen um, – you know, back on the anniversary of the COVID bottom, you know, everyone was like, what, what was the Dow? S&P was up 75% or something from the low. And it's yeah, like, yeah. that's just unsustainable. Right. Um, right. You know, a friend called me today asking about, should they sell some stocks for their, their mom's, you know, healthcare? And, and I'm like, well, what, what's going to happen? You know, there wasn't a whole lot of money, but, you know, say the market's up 20% this year, you're going to have another, what, eight, 10 grand. Is that going to make a difference? Or would you rather be, you know, uh, sleep well at night and have that, that cash, you know, in, in the bank so that you can take care of mom, mm-hmm. you know, it's point, like, yeah. are we really going to get 20% again? Right. We could, it, it's, it, it would be impressive. We've seen it at, at certain times it might happen, but odds are, it's probably going to be more in the high single, uh, you know, low double digits, you know, the seven to 12 type area. Um, actually our forecast for this year, just so I don't mess it up. Uh, our base case scenario, 65% probability, um, S&P and Dow, 5 to 10%, NASDAQ a little bit weaker. We're mm-hmm. thinking, you know, some of the growth stuff selling off. Best case scenario, about 25% probability, uh, Dow and S&P, um, 10 to 17%, NASDAQ weaker again. Worst case, you know, trends deteriorate, Omicron new variants kick oh. in, mm-hmm. uh, inflation doesn't moderate, Fed doesn't back off. And we're looking at a, a mild bear, ten it down, ten to twenty percent. But that's only a ten percent probability for us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now it's important. You you kind of threw out a lot of statistics here and and percentages and stuff like that. Uh, none of these are a hundred percent. You know, so people shouldn't come in and say, oh well, uh, you know, Jeff said that the the probability is high, or you know, this is likely, or what have you. Uh, so how how do you how do you use this information? You know, when you know that there's uh, like with the trifecta, uh, such a strong uh, likelihood. Um, when you get that 10% where it doesn't happen, uh, how do you kind of protect yourself against those instances? Well, I mean, you protect yourself in your portfolio with with diversification and and consistency in your strategies. You know, we use our best and worst month switching strategy, but it's not just one year. Everyone likes to right. poo poo <laughs> sell in May and go away. Well, I like to say buy in October and get yourself sober because they forget you got to buy the best six months, not just sell in May. Mm-hmm. But you got to pr- be prepared to do it over years. Anything can happen in any given year. I mean, Putin could invade Ukraine, Israel could bomb Iran, Iran could send troops. I mean, whatever happens, we could have freezing ice, you know, everywhere all the time, like we had today in the New York area. Um, so you prepare yourself with that 10% by not having all your eggs in one basket, you know, old school stuff, and using several disciplines. We don't just use seasonalities, we use fundamentals, mm-hmm. technical analysis, we're looking at monetary policy. Um, and, you know, geopolitics and government policy, that's all one. And then psychology, um, you know, sentiment, investors intelligence, uh, put call ratios, especially the weekly one of Barron's and whether you want to use the AAII or market vein or whatever, whatever you're looking at, you want to see what the sentiment is. And, you know, I tend to be a bit of a contrary um, investor, contrary thinker. You know, we don't we don't chase momentum stocks. We like to look for, you know, stuff that's sort of off the radar and, uh you know, we'll talk about the screens in a little bit, but, um, you know, you prepare yourself for that 10% by, you know, being smart about how you set things up ahead of time. And you have stops, 
um, for some things. Right. We don't. We never put a stop on on our best and worst months switching strategy because that's really strong seasonal. But all of our stock and ETF picks, um, we're using a stop. We we use a look at some technical charts on that. But we don't do intraday stops. Not putting a hard stop in there. Okay. If uh, one of the positions closes below that stop, we sell it the next day because mm-hmm. you don't want to get whipsawed in there. You don't want to put that that stop out there for the market makers or the algos to 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 you know fill you and knock you down and whipsaw you. So, um, yeah, you got to prepare for that always. But laying layering seasonality on top of your fundamentals, on top of technical analysis and what's going on in the world out there. Um, definitely improves your your odds and 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 your your you know consistency and your discipline uh, in general so that's yeah. how you prepare for those events and i think it's key what you just said it's 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 not just one year you might have one year that is that outlier but then you know if you're doing this long term that consistency can really become key that's it mm-hmm. consistency Okay, when we come back, we're going to get into a little bit of the nitty gritty on how we use this information, all of this data that Jeff provides in the Stock Traders Almanac, in order to kind of come up with our plan, you know, how do we uh, put all of those layers that he just mentioned all together. So stay tuned, we'll be right back. Kicking yourself for that early exit, you can prevent them. And it's easier than you think. Go to freestockcoaching.com to see the tool independent traders are using to perfect their trades, artificial intelligence. AI doesn't involve staring at your screen for hours, and no research is needed. Just pick a stock and press a button. Visit freestockcoaching.com to see a live demo now. You need to be ready for rapid market changes, and AI can help you avoid potential losses. Check out freestockcoaching.com to learn more. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Okay, welcome back to Investing with IBD, sponsored by Vantage Point. It's Justin Nielsen here on the new year. And we also have, of course, O'Neill Portfolio Manager, Arusha Pierce, joining us. And our guest today is Jeff Hirsch from the Stock Traders Almanac. Now, Jeff, you were sending out a lot of things uh, that aren't necessarily in the Almanac of 2022 because the January barometer, hey, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't done yet. We still have to wait for the end of January. This five days, first five days, you have to wait for that until Friday. So uh, where can people kind of get some updates throughout uh, the year on how things are shaping up? Well, I mean, it's our digital newsletter. It's at stocktradersalmanac.com. And, you know, it goes back to Yale's day when he first started the Almanac in the, actually started the year I was born, 1966. I am as old as the Almanac, 55 (laughs) years old. And Uh for the record, Pop just passed away at 98 on November 10th. And, uh, you know, he's left us uh, Hmm. some big shoulders to stand on. And and Hmm. that's what we've done with the trifecta. But what happened um, after the Almanac was out for a few years, people were like, we want more throughout the year. So he started newsletters. I think the first newsletter we started in 73 was called Smart Money at the time. And we had uh, another one, ground floor stock picking type newsletter. <clears throat> at one point, we were running several of them. Then I sort of consolidated them all into one. And now that we do a weekly alert instead of a monthly newsletter, but at stocktradersalmanac.com, you get the alerts. Um, you also get a free copy of the Almanac, of course. Um, and like just, just yesterday, we put out the, uh, I'm just clicking over here, the Santa Claus rally results, which comes on the second trading day of the year, the last five plus the first two. And we'll put out another alert on Friday. Uh, mm-hmm. these are the interim special alerts. We'll do one, uh, the end of January for the January barometer. 
And um, every Thursday uh, after the close, we put out our uh, series of, of alerts. We'll have our monthly outlook with our market at a glance, which covers those five disciplines I spoke about early, you know, seasonality, fundamental, tactical, monetary, and, and psychology or, or sentiment. Um, we do the January Almanac, which is the update of everything that's in the Almanac, what to look for this year, like the, the rankings, the ratings, the vital stats, what the bullish and bearish days are based on, upon our um, our statistical analysis, the, the strategy calendar we have in the back of the book, and also on each given day of the year in the Almanac, if you, you want to flash that up there, Arusha, I yeah, want yeah. to see uh, the little numbers there that show you the probability of uh -huh. how many times that day has been up on the S&P the last 21 years. And um, basically we update all that uh, for each month with a little look at what's going on in, in the real world and currently. And then we have our stock update and our ETF update. And you know, if it's a five week month, we'll do something a little more in depth, something we'll call the proving grounds or a mid month update with our um, market at a glance of the five disciplines as well as uh, on the Almanac, we have the, the strategy calendar, which is kind of like what's on each of the, the Almanac diary pages, but um, updated again for what, what, what's going on with, with um, current data about, you know, whether what's going on a triple witching day, triple witching week, the week mm -hmm. after triple witching week, trading around holidays, um, you know, first and last days of the month. You can see some of that stuff. Oh, you're on my birthday week there. Oh, there look at go. that. Did I put a good quote on my birthday on the 26th? Sometimes I lay well, well, Let me move over the 26th. Yeah. Are, are, are you trying to make we'll sure people, you, uh, you know, send, send you stuff? No. Um, which, which, by the way, I should I should mention that, um, you know, an another way that people can follow follow up with you is on Twitter. Uh, and that's at Almanac yes. Trader. Um, we have a lot of fun with that. Mm hmm. Well, uh, certainly. And uh, again, I, as, as you said, it's one of those things where, um, OK, the January January isn't what it used to be. And so it's, it's important to kind of get those updates. Um, you know, so many people say, well, gosh, you know, is this time different? Well, maybe it is. You know, as you mentioned, there's so We're many exogenous. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. everything's a little different. And, and one of the things that's key with with uh, um, cycles and patterns in general is looking at things over multiple time frames. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we like uh, nothing less than a 21 year time frame. I, I don't think that's, that's statistically significant enough. And the reason why we don't use 20 is because you'll get an even number. You could have 10 up and 10 down. Right. 21 will we'll get some <laughs> bias in there. Get the yeah, tiebreaker yeah. in there at least. Exactly. Um, and then we'll look at, you know, going back to uh, 71 when NASDAQ started um 49 or 50 you know post-world war ii mm -hmm. anything prior to that unless you're looking at the, the presidential cycles not necessarily moot i mean things changed uh, you know people look back further to to either try to debunk the january barometer which really came into effect with the 20th amendment to the constitution when they moved new congresses convening to mm -hmm. the january after they were elected versus 13 months later in the following december because everyone used to be a farmer back in the day. And they also moved inauguration date to January 20th. So that's what created the January barometer, all those important political and decision-making events, along with the, the, the forecasting that everyone does for the year uh, happened in January. Um, but they also will go back and try to, um, you know, debunk the best months, best six months, or the best eight for NASDAQ and Russell. But if you go back before World War II, you're looking at an entirely different economy. It's an agrarian right. economy based upon farming. I mean, you had the rails were the big industries back then. Mm -hmm. And it was almost 
I have a chart that I guess I could show you if I wanted to pull it up, but um, when you see going back 1901, where we have solid data to 1949, it's almost buy in May versus sell in May, because that's the beginning of the agricultural season when you're buying that's fuel so and seed yeah. and hiring people and yeah. sowing, and then it goes through harvest time. So now we have the uh, you know military industrial complex and a service economy, which really drives that um, those best months um, as we, you know, as we're seeing here so far, unless we get some sort of, uh, you know, event, if the Fed gets accelerates, if, you know, something goes wrong in the, in the, in the, in Washington with, you know, Biden could, uh, you know, mess things up uh, more than some people think he is. Um, we've got some geopolitical things out there, as I said before, inflation, you know, if that doesn't come down, we're, we're expecting it to, but the Fed itself has admitted that they were a little, um, you know, uh, uh, sanguine, a little too sanguine on uh, on inflation situation. A transitory <laughs> part. Yeah, um, it hasn't been. But, you know, inflation hasn't been around for a long time. It, you're, you're about to have a little pendulum swing the other way. Um, we'll mm -hmm. just see if we can get, you know, through this, uh, you know, 100-year generational uh, pandemic situation we're dealing with, as well as, you know, the economic impacts with the supply chains and things. But, um and also that midterm year, I got to keep coming back to that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's notoriously a rough patch for the market as the politics are uncertain um, mm -hmm. in the country. Now, Jeff, it, I mean, your, your strategy and the way you're looking at the market is truly top down. I mean, it's going up a number of different layers. You're using all this history, the seasonality, and then drilling down, right, to use the technicals and fundamentals. How do you find some stocks how do you screen for stocks and get some of those ideas when combining all of these well, other larger macro things we, we go both ways we go bottom up and top down so okay. we have our seasonal overlay so we're looking at getting into growth stocks uh around the beginning of the best six months yep. after we get our macd seasonal bicycles see there we're layering a technical uh indicator macd which i'm sure everyone here knows about right on top of the seasonality. So we've got the best six months of the year, November through April. Mm -hmm. We start looking for a MACD buy using the 8.17.9 um, on, on or about October 1st, you know, first okay. training day of October. Okay. And we look for a new crossover, you know, yep. where the, the MACD line comes up through the signal line or a histogram, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yep. But also we look for a confirm across Dow, S&P, and NASDAQ so that we know the whole market complex is, is so all confirm ready. with the MACDs all confirming there or the, okay. Very yes, cool. all three okay. MACDs give us the buy trigger. Okay? okay. Okay. So we get that on the, the macro, the high end thing. Yeah. So we go into our screens. Uh, we do use Zach's research wizard for the fundamental thing. We have a whole host of uh, criteria. Um, uh, we're looking at the acceleration of growth in revenue and earnings. We're looking for evaluations, price mm -hmm. to sales, price to earnings, book. Uh, we're looking for low margins and debt, and we're looking for consistency year over year and sequential quarter over quarter, as well as um, relative strength compared yeah. to the S&P of the market. We want something that's growing the business, accelerating growth, good valuation relative to the sector sometimes, depending on what mm -hmm. it gives us, as well as not outpacing the S&P, but not lagging way right. below. And then we're going to look for things that are underfollowed under Wall Street's radar with only a handful of analysts versus a whole bunch. Uh, I jokingly, and I hope this isn't offensive, call it pre-canned slim. <laughs> Sometimes. I mean, it's not called that, but it's like we're, we're getting into some things that 
or a little bit have a little less momentum that what yeah. you guys do at IBD. And and then we go to Market Smith, which yep. we're subscribers to and love, and run. You know, we'll we'll take the eight thousand stocks, we sort them by hand in Excel, and then we will um, get down to about fifty or so, maybe. Uh, that look reasonable, that aren't like, you know, fly-by-night things or anything. You, you got to have solid 10 Qs and 10 Ks. Yeah. And then we'll take that list and go into um, Market Smith and run through them. I love the charts there, cups and handles, all those breakouts that you were mentioning earlier. Yep. And also the um, the canned uh, um, screens on, on the right there with whether it's O'Shaughnessy or O'Neill or well, we look at them, just, you know, wow. yeah. see what's going on there. And then we'll go into another charting software and look at the technicals to pick our buy limits um and our stop losses and uh you know we've got a few stocks that have done quite well we found some winners there i mean my line is you know um it's if uh if you fail to remember the past you're condemned to repeat it Mm -hmm. but we think that those who study market history are bound to profit from it and it produces a lot of like we found stocks that you know was we had Scott's Miracle Grow before anyone knew what they wow. were doing with, uh-huh. wow. with the oh, uh, with the cannabis industry. Fantastic, yeah. Aidnet, you know, um, yeah. and then you know we pair out. I mean, the, the key to investing in all these situations. Everybody asks me one thing: sell your losers quick. Mm-hmm. Let your winners ride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know the. It goes against human uh, uh, emotion to oh admit you're wrong, right? And no one wants to do that. Take your profits, <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know also with the smaller stocks uh, and generally all of our stocks, we have sell half and a double. You know, take your investment mm-hmm. off the table and let your winnings ride. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, then around uh, um, you know April May we look for our sell signal, okay? And we don't sell in May and go away. We reposition in May. Not necessarily May, but May through July, when you sort of rotate from the 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 the, the end of the best six months to the end of the best eight months for for Nasdaq. July's got some strength as the first month of the third quarter, at least the first half of July. So when we get those MACD sell signals using the twelve twenty six nine, which is the slower, longer uh, um, indicator versus the eight seventeen uh, nine, which is what Jerry Appel originally uh, put out in his book. Good friends with Marvin Appel, great guy. Also, I don't know if you ever talked to him, but uh, no, I never had a chance to talk to him. Good, but great, with, legend with Jerry. Appel, yeah, yeah he, he's he's a good guy. But when we get that sell signal, um, we're not selling our winners. We'll tighten up stops a bit. Anything mm-hmm. that's underperforming, you know, <clears throat> that doesn't look like it's doing well, we'll sell out. And then we'll look for some things that are in the more defensive category and the sectors that do well in the worst months, like utilities. Um, some years we might even short materials which is a really strong uh, uh negative bias in the worst six months uh we'll stay in wow. staples healthcare does well in the worst months so you know it, it's 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 not um it's not a black box system i mean no best no. and worst yeah. six months itself right. is black box macd we had uh i don't know if you know david aronson did that book evidence-based technical analysis mm-hmm. I've heard it. Yeah, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. really he took uh, about 6,200 different black box systems and put them through the scientific method, which I, I had to learn what that was. It's basically <laughs> disproving the null hypothesis. Uh-huh. So you, you assume that the results are the result of chance and have no predictive power. And mm-hmm. you prove you have to go back and prove that it does. So mm-hmm. unlike all the other systems, he proved that the best six months, starting from the year after it was published in the Almanac first, which was 87 going forward, that unlike any of the other ones, it did have predictive power and the results were not the result of chance. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that one's black boxy. But the other stuff, you know, you take that seasonal overlay, looking at fundamentals, what's going on in the world, the technicals, protect yourself with some stops. I mean, we've had stops that were too tight, you know, you get yeah. whipsawed out of yep. something sometime. Right. But for the most part, you protect yourself for those, you know, those uh, uh, the, the, the negative probabilities that you were talking about earlier, as well as, you know, the, the unexpected things that could happen in the world. Yeah. And I think one of the huge keys for the listeners to get out of this is you have your system, you understand the system and you've really made it your own and you've done it over the years. And so you can notice the subtleties and things like that, much like, you know, Justin and I and everyone at IBD, we're starting the CanSim system and over the years have become experts at that. Mm -hmm. That's one of those huge keys is you find that system, make it your own and adapt it to your own personality. And be consistent. Yes, yes, <laughs> Apply yes. the rules consistently. Absolutely. Yeah. But we have subscribers that, you know, have been with us a long time yeah. that take all the information and have their own system. Right. Um, As do we. Of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me, being, me being one of them. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mr. So Pre-Canceling. These, these, these little old ladies will come up to me when I'm speaking, say at the money show or something, and they'll show yeah. me their almanac. Yeah. And it's uh-huh. got it's writing everywhere. And there's a guy that's a, an options trader. He goes in and he f- takes the calendar and he fills in all the trades for the year when he gets the book. And they're mm-hmm. just, it's, it's meant to be written in. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we got some new paper in there this year. And I no, think this it's is a beautiful, it's, uh, whatever you use for this book that this it, year is, is really, it's well supposed done. to be able to, to handle writing pens and pencils, because this is meant to be here next to your computer I mean, I got notes that I, I scribble. I got to think of something. I write it down, go back to what I'm doing. But the almanac's here for that, too. And even in the back of the book, you yep. got those, those, those. All uh, the entries. Uh, yeah, the entries. But some of the stuff's really important. Like even the last, pa- the last page before the notes, which is new this year, is the Gerald Loeb's investment survival checklist. Oh, nice. Wow, <laughs> that's this awesome. Is a, mm-hmm. This is a, uh, uh, a wealth of knowledge. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that and, don't know, Gerald Loeb was the author of um, Battle for Investment Survival, one of Bill O'Neill's favorite yes. books. Um, yep. And I think yeah. I have a copy of it from Yale. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Exactly. I mean, Bill and, and, and Yale ran in the same thought <laughs> right. process over uh-huh. years. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, you know, if you don't profit from your investment mistakes, somebody else will. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a note in my, was it the, it might be the book I have at home. My son came running in to me. Uh, when I was working from home, oh, dad, you got to buy AMC. He was looking at something. Oh. <laughs> so I wrote it down, the date, who said it, what the subsequent <laughs> I haven't looked at it in a while, but, you know, people should do the same thing with us. And we have yeah. some of those forms available online. It's just an Excel spreadsheet. And also the indicator thing, the pulse of the market, which <clears throat> goes back to uh, the old days of you know looking at the down Fridays and down Mondays, the performance for the week. New highs and new lows, advanced and mm-hmm. decliners, the put call yeah. ratio, interest rates, just a bunch of general. I mean, this is like that 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 monetary, you know, uh, it's a combination of the five some of the things in the five disciplines where we're looking at not just seasonal patterns, sell and go away, and not just you know PEs, and not just you know um, cups and handles or whatever technically, but also what's going on in the broad market. So it's top to bottom, bottom up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. a couple of stocks. Well, you know what? I want to ask real quick before we sure. get to the stocks, um, because you're talking about some of these signals that you get early on, and some of the rules that you have in terms of making sure that you don't let losses get too big, or you know, selling selling half once you double. So, 
how do you adjust like midway and, and maybe your best six months or best eight months? Um, if you've been selling maybe some things that were doing well, or maybe you had to get rid of some things, are you then taking a look at new fodder to in, you know, put in your portfolio or what, what kind of adjustments are you doing midway through your seasons? Uh, it depends on what happens mm -hmm. um, for the for the tactical switching strategy, the best and worst months, the best six and worst six and the best eight and worst four for NASDAQ. We don't put stops on that. We, mm -hmm. we, we've gotten burned with that over the years. But with the sectors, which we haven't really talked about too much and the stocks, um, you know, we have enough in there that you don't necessarily need to uh, put it right back to work. We'll keep a little cash on the sideline. Okay. Then when we get into the next uh, uh buying opportunity but like when we hit covid and we had mm -hmm. that drop we bought some some um uh, airlines had jet blue for a while uh mm -hmm. you know we'll throw in a couple of uh, uh audibles from time to time yep. um if the opportunity presents itself we just got stopped out of uh biotech uh, uh spider xbi mm -hmm. and we got back into that afterwards there was that sell-off in, in november there <clears throat> And um, we want to be in that sector. I mean, that's the future. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, just look at your boosters, you know, or whatever you're <laughs> right, right. It's, uh -huh. it's, it's been, it's something that, you know, that's one of my, uh, you even talk about the super boom forecast. I don't know if you remember that one, Arusha. I, I, it sounds familiar, but did it start in 2010? Was that it or? Yeah. Dow 38,820 by there the year 2025. And you're ahead of, you're, you're ahead of, you're ahead of pace too, right? And of course, based on Yale's, you know, uh, forecast back in 1976 for Dow 3420. But, you know, part of that super boom equation, other than inflation, which we're getting now and <clears throat> and being in a peacetime is uh, an enabling technology, what I call a culturally enabling, mm -hmm. pa enabling paradigm shifting technology. And yes. biotech's always yes. been one of those. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, crypto might be it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the internet's definitely it. Microprocessor was it back in the old days, indoor plumbing, you know, yeah. the combustion engine. Um, things like that, that change the world uh, collectively and individually that touches mm -hmm. everybody personally, uh, as well as change the world. So biotech's part of that. I mean, that's For what's sure. enabling people to live longer and take care of themselves. And, um, you know, it's definitely one of those technologies. Like well, let's definitely get a, let's definitely get into this uh, a little bit more with the sectors and maybe some of the individual stocks, um, because I think you you've got a lot of uh, a lot more to share. So let's do that right after the break. Here, uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Kicking yourself for that early exit? You can prevent them, and it's easier than you think. Go to freestockcoaching.com to see the tool independent traders are using to perfect their trades: artificial intelligence. AI doesn't involve staring at your screen for hours, and no research is needed. Just pick a stock and press a button. Visit freestockcoaching.com to see a live demo now. You need to be ready for rapid market changes, and AI can help you avoid potential losses. Check out freestockcoaching.com to learn more. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Okay, welcome back to Investing with IBD, sponsored by Vantage Point. It's Justin Nielsen here, along with Arusha Pires and our guest, Jeff Hirsch from the Stock Traders Almanac. And Jeff, before the break, we were talking a little bit about some of these uh, sectors. So before we drill down into stocks, maybe you could talk a little bit more about this whole idea of the sector seasonality. Well, we've been covering uh, sector seasonalities since the, the early days of the Almanac, and our latest iteration here has been going on for a bunch of years. It's on page 94 this year. There's also a graphic representation on the, on the next couple of pages, but 
Uh, Arusha's got this um, up from our uh, alert on the website on October 7th. And basically it lays out the whole calendar year with the sectors. There's some longs and shorts in there. We've got the month that it starts, okay? And the month that it ends. And in the middle is a letter B, E, or M, which stands for beginning, end, or middle, or beginning, middle, or end. So we break the month down in uh, into three parts. So we get an idea of when the seasonality starts, whether it's the beginning part of the month, the middle part of the month, the end of the month. There's a certain way of thinking that we have in all of the, the stuff that we do, all the seasonals, all the patterns is beginnings and ends of things are important. Middles of things are important. Um, you see how people behave <clears throat> with their behavioral finance uh, um, tendencies. Everyone pays their bills the same time every month. Mm -hmm. They tend to, uh, you know, do things at month end. Everyone's looking at, so first and last trading days are important. The, the, the seasonal, um, you know, one month pattern is, is very geared towards the beginning, middle and end of the month. So here we lay out the sector seasonalities <clears throat> using um, the thirds of the, the, the um, month divided into three parts. Uh, and then you can see the returns, the, the negatives are obviously the shorts. Um, some of them, uh, you know, have better longer term. We've got three, three time frames: 15 years, 10 years, and five years. But I want to bring you down to the sort of lower half of this chart um, to where we are. You can see computer tech starting up in February and natural gas and, and that sort of stuff up at the top coming around on the, the, um, the calendar. But you see October, it's got all those that really dovetails with the best months. That's sort <laughs> uh -huh. of where all the sectors yeah. come into play. Yeah. And then down at the bottom is the XOI. We, we use the um, indices. Uh, the old school indices as much as possible because the, the data uh, it goes back further and has a longer, you know, it's more consistent. But the, the biggest car, let me correlate a proper ETF to it. So the biggest core, uh, the best correlation to that oil, um, you know, we see this, the seasonal bottom usually around, and this is for the oil stocks, okay. the mm -hmm. not, not the uh, um, commodity here, which not is the spot whole, price, mm -hmm. which is a whole other uh, seasonal pattern. We did a commodity traders almanac uh, for a while. We still use that those commodity seasonals. But this is the, the oil stocks, the Exxon's, your kind of goes that kind of stuff. And you know, with with the pandemic, um, the way things you know transpired was that um, you know there was a lot of uh, uh, demand that went down, and and then production went down. The production didn't come back up when the demand came back up. So oil prices kind of you know boomed a bit. So we got into this a bit early and, you know, I do own the XLE full disclosure. Uh, I bought some right around uh, our, our best six months buy signal. I got it right on our buy limit, which is what uh, 5775. 57 it's been up recently. That's one of my QQQs are down. My IWMs are down, but I think the XLEs were up today. So, you know, um, those are the three big sectors that I'm in uh, for the season here. And, um, if you don't want to pull up a chart of the XLE, you can. Yeah, let me, let me uh, pull, pull This the is the big XLE. oil stocks, and we think that the seasonality is in play. It had a little bit of a dip here in early December. You can see that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so we think that the upside looks like it's breaking out a little bit more. Is that, was it down a little bit today? Or at least it was down yeah, just a little bit. It did reverse. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I oh, should, it was a penny. Uh, this, it was off a penny I, today. That's right. Yeah. And I should disclose I do own this one too. So oh, good. See? whenever Jeff Brilliant and I moments. are in the same thing, it the, the probabilities <laughs> drop dramatically. <laughs> nice cup there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The nice yeah, cup I, here. I love nice the way the, flat base. the rollover works on your charts, by the way. 
yeah no it, it's it's nice it's definitely you know yeah and jeff you can talk about this it's like a, a lot of this is simplifying it right and and making it easy for the average person to uh understand and that's what we did with with market smith and that's what you're doing with the almanac uh, i mean that that's what makes it happen it's it's just like the newspaper came that's alive right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Animated. It's great. Mm-hmm. I missed the daily paper, the big picture. <laughs> we time. all do. <laughs> it, was a, it was a great advertising vehicle as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's it really was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're all digital, so that's the way it goes. Um, mm-hmm. So the XLE oil we're in at still, you know, uh, you might get a dip, get into it. I don't know if I chase it right here. What do you think? I, I, I'm not running after no, this. I don't, yeah, you can you can wait a little bit. I think um, it's you had might such get another a good opportunity. Run. Yeah, it's, it's but hard, that seasonality so. goes to what July, right? So you got some time here, and then you know, like we had gold a while back, mm-hmm. uh, back in 2019, before the whole pandemic thing. We just right. got into it in the seasonal gold trade, which is, um, if you look on that list, it's uh, what July. Where's where's gold on there? Uh, the short uh, XAU yeah, July to December. July, yep. So we usually get into yep. these things. Now, now here, part of the how how do you do this? So we're not waiting till December to to look at at uh, XLE. We're not okay. waiting till July to look at gold here. Not that we're in that now, but this is an example from the past. We look about the month ahead of time. We look at the chart. We look what a good buy limit is. We want to be able to get into this, this sector um, on weakness or at an attractive buy point. So back in the summer of 19, we picked up uh, gold mm-hmm. and it stayed on our list for quite some time. Um, let's see. I don't think it's the, it's still on there. Wow. Picked it up July 11th, 19. It's up 22%. We got a stop loss in at 155. The, the GLD, of course. So, yep. you know, the point being that just because the seasonality ends doesn't mean we're just selling it. We're going to tighten up our stop like we do mm-hmm. with anything else. Be prudent about it. Unless, of course, it's already doubled. Then we'll probably sell sell half of it already. Um so that's how we look at these stocks, these, these sectors here. Now, there's a couple of picks I wanted to share with you guys. Yeah. <clears throat> and I started, to, I told you a little bit earlier about our, our methodology, but um, what we did this year, we only looked at uh, um, small and mid caps because the, the, the run from uh, in the big caps was, was, was quite substantial. And um, it was just a not, there wasn't a lot that came through the screen that was really attractive. So okay. we had, you can see on our portfolio page, I don't know, you don't really have access to that at this point. That's for subscribers only. But two of the stocks come out of the um, mid cap basket. We also break down the stocks into three categories. Uh, large cap for us is above 5 billion. Mid cap is one to five and okay. small is below 1 billion. Okay. Um, we don't... I used to dabble in the micro caps and uh, we, we don't go there anymore because th- you're not going to have proper reportable numbers, but, mm-hmm. um, and we're looking at stuff, you know, that's got uh, growth, acceleration of growth, good valuations. And um, two of the stocks, uh, A10 mm-hmm. is um, <clears throat> A10 networks, ATEN. We added that to our newsletter portfolio. I don't own this one. Be nice if I did uh, at 1330. Okay. Um, and that is uh, a cloud services company. Um, you know, it, just a great state-of-the-art solutions. Uh, they're growing organically, adding clients, adding new business, strong balance sheet, and solid growth potential. And um, was sort of underfollowed. You know, uh, you, mm-hmm. it just 
you got it right there. So uh, we're in at 13.30 on October 15th. Okay, we're around here. God, I love these charts. Um, it's a nice buy for us. We got in at that that base. You know, you can see yeah. maybe like really sort of buy. reverse engineer how we picked our buy limit. But a lot of it is, you know, gaps and consolidations and, uh, you know, double bottoms and just your basic, you know, whether it's uh, uh, um, these bar charts or candles, um, we'll look at moving averages, the 50-day mm -hmm. to 200-day. Yeah. I got pivot points on my charts. You know, you kind of got to go snake eyed with the charts and sort of just see where that, you know, buy point or resistance point is. Um, so, yeah, right in that consolidation. Yeah, no, like it, it's a perfect place. Yeah, to, uh, to yeah, li nice tightening up right there at the 50-day. Yeah. Now, do you, do you worry at all about um, events coming up, like uh, earnings, earnings reports or uh, anything like that? I don't play that game. I'm not okay. into, I mean, I know, I know people that do there's, there's, you know, clients, I know subscribers that will trade, you know, uh, sell out of the money, you know, covered calls on, on a head of earnings reports or dividend announcements, that kind of stuff. That's not my game. We're looking for, you know, great fundamentals, great valuations under the radar, nice technical picture, some modest relative strength, not too much, but not weak. Mm -hmm. And, um, something that a lot of people aren't looking at you know nice and and of course hat tip to my partner christopher mistel for for really doing a lot of the the, the heavy lifting on some of this stuff yeah um, no, you can so see this in a nice nice uptrend you can see where you, you bought it here like just switched over to a weekly chart and also just to quickly mention for those of you who are listening definitely go to investors.com slash podcast you can see the video version where we've gone over a lot of charts from the stock traders almanac and and now we're showing up the mark smith charts mm-hmm um, uh, you, you also had another one, a, a biotech that you wanted to talk a little bit about. Yeah, I mean, it's not related to the current biotech craze that's going on with right. vaccines and stuff, but it's a, you know, pain management company, regenerative health solutions, non-opioid pain stuff, which I guess, you know, is important these days with all the opioid mm -hmm. stuff going on out there. So this one um, picked it up at 5289, October 18th. And that's uh, a, we're up a Sierra Biosciences. Yeah, sorry, PCRX. PCRX, my fault. P uh, I think it's Pacera. We'll it's just say PCRX. <laughs> yeah, PCRX. <laughs> Make it That's easy on you. cares about now. Right. So they got a bunch of new, new treatments out there. They've got a lot of yep. positive things. And, and clearly, you know, you got a biotech company that's got some, uh, look, at the, look at the estimates over there. I mean, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, when do you see biotech companies with uh, earnings? With earnings, yeah. Revenue? <laughs> Where's your price to sales on there? Price to sale. Uh, we don't have a, we have a PE here, but we don't have the necessarily the price of sales on it um, on the Marksmith charts at least. I mean, a PE of twenty one. Right. In about well, the S and P five hundred. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. Anyway, this is a nice uh, a nice pickup. Yep. A nice a nice screen that we got here. So those are a couple of the ones. There's a few more. I mean, slim pickings were a little slim. Um, you know, because stuff had, had had moved up a lot. So right. you know, we don't. We're not like stock of the month club, you know, uh -huh. that, that's not our thing. Uh, we, we use our seasonal, you know, foundation and overlay to, to get into these things. There's a little trade that we have called uh, free lunch strategy. The only free lunch on, on, on wall street, sort of a little tongue in cheek, but um, looking at new 52 week lows in December, there's an old, you know, a cycle old pattern where stocks make a new 52 week lows 
on uh, December 15th outperformed the composite index through February 15th. Wow. We found that, you know, we wait to triple witching in uh, that third Friday of, of December because you get a lot of uh, volume, you get a lot of action. And admittedly, it gives us the weekend to uh, work without the goalposts moving uh, and, and, mm -hmm. and screen through. There's a whole bucket of them, uh, uh, several buckets this year. And we'll be updating that list a, a, a little bit. We picked um, 23 or 26, 26 this year. And it's only, first of all, it's only common stocks, no funds, no closed ends, no funky anything. Okay. And they have to be trading for at least 52 weeks or else the 52 week low is kind of moves. <laughs> um, and, you know, we, we want to make sure that they are real. Like, so this year there was a lot of SPACs on there. Oh, okay. looked oh, like yeah. they were around for 52 weeks, but they really just didn't. Right. And we yep. got rid of any fly-by-night Chinese domiciled stuff that's just scary. And um, I'm just clicking on these. But it's it's just a real, you know, um, nimble trader strategy. You want to get in and get out if you make, uh, um, you know, a quick buck on it. And uh, we picked the ones that are down the most. This year, our threshold was down 50% or more from the high. Okay. And we also do a little tight little trading window. Was it, uh, we had, what, 3%? No greater, no less than 3%. So can't go down too much, can't go up too much. Got a trailing stop of 8%. And uh, we'll be running through these stocks over the next, one of the next alerts and just see where we're at. Well, I think you gave us and our listeners a lot to think about here. Uh, again, the Stock Traders Almanac is full of so much information, but there's also StockTradersAlmanac.com, as you mentioned, the Twitter handle, at Almanac Trader. Uh, so a lot of places for people to get information, um, data, a little bit of a history lesson, if you will. Uh, so thank you, Jeff, for sharing all your insight with us again, uh, and we'll, I'm sure, have you back on soon. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Okay. And on the show next week, uh, we will have Joe Fami returning. And so it's always a lot of fun talking to him. We'll get his take on the market, what January is shaping up for him. So that's it for us on this week. Again, hope you all had a very happy new year and we'll be seeing you next week. Take care. And for this week's notes and charts, make sure to go to investors.com slash podcast, where you'll find details for each episode in the podcast episode section. And make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.